we had all these different offers from these different production companies that wanted to make a show and we were just feeling overwhelmed. And he was like, hey, listen, it kind of sounds to me like you need an agent. If you are a creative in the entertainment industry looking for inspiration and practical ideas about how to take the next steps in your career, you are in the right place. My name is Rebecca Doyle and I work in film and television in Los Angeles. I learned so much from the ups and downs of the talented, innovative people surrounding me and I want to share those insights with you. Join in every other week to hear the break-in stories of people who overcame challenges and found unconventional avenues to pursue their dream careers in an industry that has no set path. Okay, today's guest is, I'm pretty sure, the only person we will ever have on this podcast who has matchmade A-list celebrities and British royalty and turned that into an entire facet of her career that is media related. So you might have seen her on some of the many outlets she regularly appears on. She's behind the camera on some of your favorite reality shows. She's in front of the camera as a correspondent for the major outlets. And she also has reality shows and scripted shows being developed about her life and business. Today's guest is Alessandra Conti. She is a celebrity matchmaker and co-founder of Matchmakers in the City, an old school personal matchmaking firm headquartered in Beverly Hills. Alessandra is the celebrity matchmaker for shows like NBC's Access Hollywood, CBS's Face the Truth, and was a matchmaker behind two seasons of MTV's Are You the One? Her dating relationship and business advice has been featured on Forbes, The New York Times, The LA Times, and more. Alessandra also has two really big projects coming out sometime this year. It's still so early, she can't reveal all of the details, so you're going to hear her talk about them in kind of vague terms, but if you're listening to this podcast in later in 2023 or in 2024 and beyond, you will know all of those amazing details, and I'm so excited to freeze this moment in time so you can hear about her process and what it took for her to get here so that when all of these opportunities escalate her career even further, you have an idea of what it was like at this moment in time. Something that I love about Alessandra is her commitment to positivity, her ability to overcome rejection, her ability to overcome imposter syndrome by facing it head on, which she's going to share all about today, and the ways in which she keeps finding things that are aligned with her values, because I think that that's something a lot of people in entertainment are thinking about right now. What are my values and how can I find projects and people to work with that align with them and certainly don't compromise them? Let's jump into the interview. Alessandra, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Rebecca, welcome. Welcome to Beverly Hills. (laughs) We are in Alessandra's fabulous office in Beverly Hills recording this episode today. She has been kind enough to host me here. And I'm so excited to talk to you about all different aspects of your career. You are a successful entrepreneur, a woman in business, a successful matchmaker with matches, marriages, even babies have resulted from your clients. God complex over here. (laughs) (laughs) And of course you host- Sorry, Lord. (laughs) host your own podcast, Dating in the City, where you relay all of this advice that you've learned from that. And today I want to focus specifically on your time both in front of and behind the camera. First, I know you have two really big projects and I know you're not allowed to tell us everything yet, but what can you tell us about what's going on right now? Oh my gosh, Rebecca, I'm truly, I, if you told me a year ago that specifically the latest project that I just filmed for Yes, not yesterday, the day before. If you told me that that would be happening, I would be like, oh, my (laughs) like this for me is the biggest thing of like, usually I know people are supposed to be like, oh, yeah, it's like not a big deal. This for me personally is probably the it is my favorite show of all time mm-hmm. of all time. I I was formed watching this show and I feel so blessed and excited to be doing my job Mm -hmm. on and I feel like everything that I've done has led me to be able to just stand my ground and really be on and give just give myself to this beautiful project it will be coming out this season so as soon as it comes out you know but it is literally my favorite show of all time so if you know Alessandra or listen to her podcast you might know (laughs) what that is but we cannot release here on no set path just yet but we will be sharing that on our instagram and celebrating that news for you when you are allowed to talk about it yeah i hate when people say that that's so 
Hollywood, but like you guys, <laughs> I promise you, it's just for me, it's the biggest thing. It's been such an experience. And I just hope that I'm portrayed okay. I hope my makeup is okay. I hope, you know, I hope I look okay. And I know that I know I did my absolute best and I'm going to continue to film with it. So. Mm-hmm. so that's one of the main projects you yes. have going on right now. But there's a second one that you also can't release all of the details <laughs> on yet. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's similar and something really big in the media happened so that if I, if they do air the episode, it was only one episode that we did for them. But right now there are so many eyeballs on this show. Mm-hmm. So I just I'm so fascinated to see how they're going to weave it into the story. It's very similar. It's in the similar vein. So that's what I can say. But hopefully that will be coming out pretty soon because I think that they're releasing they're releasing episodes already. We're in the season right now. And then as soon as they release my episode, I will it will be all over social media. So I'm at matchmaker Alessandra Conti. And I'm sorry to be like teasing this in such a bizarre way. But yeah, very exciting. Can't wait to reshare that news when it comes out. These are both unscripted shows too. I should specify. Yeah. For the listeners. Yeah. Great. Before we go back to the beginning of how it all began for you and how you carved your own path here, I do want to touch on one project that you can share all of the details about. And I know there are a few regular segments that you're on and media appearances that you do. Which one are you currently most excited about? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much. Even as you were coming in today, I have a wonderful relationship with Fox News. And it's really funny because when I was in college, I actually interned for Fox News and I interned for the iMag, which is defunct. The iMag no longer exists. It was a lifestyle fashion beauty magazine. And I interned in New York City for them and in Washington, D.C. when I was in college. Back then, I knew I loved relationships. I was fascinated with it. They gave me so much power. And back then, even as an intern, I interviewed, I don't know if you remember Mystery, the pickup artist. Do you remember the pickup, the show, the pickup artist on VH1? I was fascinated with him. I was fascinated with Steve Santagetti. The Ugly Truth, the movie was based on him oh. and with Gerard Butler, starred with Katherine Heigl. So I interviewed him. So I, I did just so much of that when I was just an intern and now just being an expert that they're coming to regularly, it's been just incredible. So I feel so excited to just be a regular expert that really big media outlets reach out to. I just filmed something for NBC, a new podcast that they're doing. So that's going to be released really soon. And of course, the NBC Universal family, Access Hollywood, they always have me on talking about all the latest celebrity relationships. And it's just such a blast for me. Mm. Like There's nothing more fun. But I also have learned through all of this that I actually do work with a lot of public figures and quote unquote celebrities and actors and all of that. So a few of my latest clients, but specifically my last latest client, I had to be like, hey, I just want to let you know I've spoken about you before. And here's what I've spoken about. It's all positive. But whenever I am doing media, I now just have to be more cognizant. Whereas in early years, yeah, I was working with CD listers, but now I'm working with the A listers that I'm talking about and that I've been talking about. It is kind of walking that fine line. And I did just give a really intense quote about poor Tom Brady to Fox News. So scandalize the community. Oh my gosh. I know. I really, (laughs) I've, I, what was the word they said? I, what was the word? I enraged (laughs) the NFL community. I enraged the NFL community by even alluding or suggesting that Tom and Giselle could potentially get a divorce. And then like two days later, they filed for divorce. Anyway, I'm just going to say, you know, but yeah, so there are just a lot of different things that are happening that I'm just so excited about. Yeah, that is great. And I can definitely understand. So has the point come yet where you're asked to comment on the romantic situation of someone that you are matchmaking or have matchmade and you get the opportunity to talk about how wonderfully it's going because obviously you're the mastermind behind the relationship. Right. Like, uh, like the Taylor Swift song, what if I told you I'm the mastermind? (laughs) You know, I have been I have spoken about people that we've matched before and I will say I speak very objectively but also very positively I'm not gonna badmouth anyone that we've matched I'm objective but I'm also of course gonna err on the side of being positive about their relationship or even if they're still single just talking about what they need or what you know all of that 
Yeah, definitely looking forward to many more segments where you're giving your insight and all of your wisdom from your matchmaking years on these types of relationships. So because this podcast is called No Set Path, we do have to talk about the path that got you here because even 10 years ago, you said yourself that with the reality show that you're working on now, you would have been totally shocked to hear that you're working on it. But even, you know, the clients that you have, this fabulous office you have in Beverly Hills, not that long ago, I'm sure that seemed totally unfathomable. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I, I'm also, though, I kind of, and I think a lot of people have that mindset of like, oh, of course it's going to happen. This is your goal. This is your dream, you know? So if 10 years ago I would say, you're going to do this, I would be like, oh, of course I am. Duh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it just, I think when it's in motion and happening, you're like, oh my gosh, it's all happening. It's happening. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it's not all 100% positive because there are still that you're a human being. You have insecurities you're working with other people and what you're doing is not perfect. Matchmaking is not perfect and you're dealing with human beings. So there's a lot of drama in that as well. But anyway, yes, 10 years ago. So just to share my story. Set the scene. Yes, set the scene. So myself and my sister, we have been matchmakers personally with our friends in our small community. Um, we were matchmakers our whole lives. So before even it was socially acceptable to set anybody up or to even like like just as girls were starting to like boys we were already matchmaking second grade was our first makeover um <laughs> with bless rebecca i won't say her last name but we made her over and then we set her up with mark her crush and it was you know they didn't end up you know getting together but it was our first attempt and it was a <laughs> solid makeover but yeah i mean so my sister and i grew up just always through all of the big milestones matchmaking making our friends, the bar mitzvahs. We're not even Jewish, but we were raised where it was like half Jewish, half Catholic. So we went to a million bar mitzvahs. The girls were on one side, the boys were on the other. So we would always be the ones in the middle being like, oh, Jessica, meet Johnny. All the way to prom, when prom rolled around, you know, we were the girls at the lunch table being like, okay, Eric, you're going with Jamie or whatever. So we always set up our friends and we would throw these. We're from a small town where there was very little to do. So we would throw these mixers. We would invite the all boys school. So anyway, all that to say, I then went to American University for my undergrad. Christina, my sister, went to Oxford for her master's and we were ending at the same time. And we would always just joke and talk about, let's just move to LA, specifically Beverly Hills and start a matchmaking company. When life would kind of be stressful, we would just get on the phone and be like, let's just do it. So when she was graduating master's and I was graduating undergrad, we were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's move to LA and let's just go for it. And I had saved up $10,000 of babysitting money. Wow. So yeah. So all through college, I was babysitting and that was basically the seed funding to get us out to LA. And we knew nothing about LA. All we knew was what we saw from the TV show, The Hill. <laughs> which is still one of the most formative shows of my life. So when we were figuring out, okay, we don't know anything about LA. What are we going to do? Where are we going to live? We moved to the apartment that the girls from the Hills lived in. And we had a one bed. It's like the classic entrepreneur story. We had a one bedroom apartment. It was in a luxury community, obviously, but one bedroom, two twin beds next to each other. We got there and we were like, we are matchmakers and we are starting a matchmaking company. And then we went to the pool, laid out, sunbathed, made some friends, and we would then just go out and we would go out at night. And then during the day, we would make our business plan. We did everything. And then we landed our very first client. And through that, we were like, okay, now we have to actually find matches for her. So then we ended up meeting more and more people as we would go out in LA and just getting connected. And one of my girlfriends was in PR, but she was a small person. She was like an assistant in PR. Like she wasn't like a big PR maven, but she would invite us to all of these different red carpet events. So that is where we really started the quote unquote celebrity matchmaking. But that's where we would just go out every night of the week. We went to all the hot clubs. Back then it was like Greystone Mansion. Oh, oh no, no, Greystone Manor, not Greystone 
Mansion, now Greystone it's Manor. I think, yeah. Yeah, Greystone and like I forget the other names of the clubs, but we were there just and my sister too. And it was so great because I had her and we could just go out and we were like, yeah, we're matchmakers. And also at that time, celebrities were a little less insular. I feel like now, especially post-COVID, but a lot of celebrities are very insular and they're very much like you go to their home and they have like house parties and that's great. And they did that back then, but they also were frequenting the clubs. So Mm. like I would go to Bootsy Bellows, like the back room at Bootsy Bellows and meet, you know, Vin Diesel and then go to hit literally like I have so many stories of me and my girlfriends just going to his house and tell us the story. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, he had this beautiful little party house in the hills. I don't think it was even his main house. Like I think it was (laughs) his party house. And we were these 20, 20 something year old girls and we would just go and hang out with Vin Diesel. And we taught him how to wobble. We literally, me and my girlfriends taught Vin Diesel how to wobble. So I can name drop him because he wasn't a client of mine. He was in a relationship. But all that to say, it was very much a time 10, 9, 8 years ago when they were out and about. And also, I mean, even now, you know, I I do meet just in the different events that I go to. There's always public figures and really great people. But in terms of our start, that's really where everything happened. So that first time, because a lot... A lot of people in entertainment who are, let's say, writers or directors or all, all these different roles behind the camera experience a lot of that imposter syndrome when they know that they have a talent and they have some experience, but they don't have that kind of third party recognition yet. So when you came to L.A. and you didn't know anyone, you knew you had this talent for matchmaking. You knew what you had to offer. But when you went to that first red carpet event, how did it go when you introduced yourself to someone as a matchmaker and got them to take you seriously? Yeah, I remember year one when we had just got we, we got our first little office on South Santa Monica in Beverly Hills. When we got our first client, I had saved $10,000 of babysitting money. Our first client was a $10,000 client, which was at that time the highest membership that we offered. Now, fast forward, that's the lowest membership, priority membership that we offer. So that's exciting. But back then, that was all the money in the world. So we went hardcore. We were doing it all. And we then we realized, oh my gosh, we need an office. So that's why we said, we're going to go big or go home. I remember sitting in our first office and I remember Skype was back then. We only had one office. There were a couple moments where we had two calls going on at the same time. So I had to bring the laptop into the bathroom and then like, (laughs) but I was on zoom and I didn't realize like, oh, turn your camera off. So I brought it to the bathroom and like I had the background. And then I remember the client or the woman that we, I was talking to being like, are you in the bathroom right now? And I was like, oh, (laughs) but that, I remember that feeling of, oh my gosh, I know I'm really good at this, but, and they didn't have the word imposter syndrome back then. That wasn't a thing. People Mm. just were very not mental health conscious at all. 10 years ago, it was a different landscape altogether. So anxiety, that stuff was not known that people, you know, it wasn't accepted. If you're feeling nervous, it's like, okay, maybe social anxiety was just starting to become a normal thing. But yeah, I mean, I experienced it. But then when you're in it, year two was when that imposter syndrome just went out the window because I just realized how needed we were specifically how needed I felt in the community of Beverly Hills, Hollywood, LA, because we were always coming from a place of genuine authenticity. We never lied. We never said, even to our first client, we said, yeah, we're brand new matchmakers, but we've been doing this our entire lives. So I think that What my suggestion is, if anybody is experiencing imposter syndrome, it's that just be really genuine. Obviously, you don't have to say, this is my first ever client that I've ever worked with ever. I don't know that we went that far to say that, but we said, yeah, we're in year one of business, Mm. but we have been and lean on, lean on authenticity and keep reminding yourself of how talented you are at what you do. And even with media, Um, And all of that, I know when I was in high school, I did theater. So I was a theater, I was a thespian. (laughs) And, you know, for me back then, when I was in high school, 
I, and I watched Millionaire Matchmaker. That's how I knew that matchmaking was even a thing. And I loved it. And then Patty ended up hiring us year two or three into our business. Patty Stanger, the Millionaire Matchmaker. That was a, that was a fun one. What was she hiring you to do? To matchmake her, to matchmake her. To oh, set she was your client. Up. She was our client. And we ended up doing a membership where I don't even think she paid us. It was just that we were able to then use her name and say mm. that Patty Stanger hired us. And she gave us a bunch of quotes that she tweeted about us. So that then gave us that social proof mm. of, she said, we're the new generation of matchmakers. We're her favorite sisters in Hollywood. And she tweeted those things. And then we worked for her as her matchmakers. So that was an incredible opportunity for us because this was the queen of matchmaking. This She was my idol. She was mm. the ultimate, ultimate idol. And the fact that she then hired us was like, Oh my gosh. And how did she find you? Or how did you reach out to her? We were referred, she was referred to us, I believe, by another matchmaker. But also we were at that time just starting to get a little bit of media and a little bit of press because we we got media and press quite quickly just based on where we were, the people that we were meeting, everything we did was organic. Everything we did was in person and we grew very organically. It was all human connections. All of our success is based on human connections. Mm. There's not something, oh, we paid for a service. We spent X amount of money. We never, we paid one time for a Twitter blast or something like that. That was the only time we ever paid for any kind of advertising or marketing. Everything else was 100% organic and it was human connections. And because we love meeting people and everyone that we were meeting, they and it wasn't even, they didn't have to be the CEO of the company. They could be the assistant. They could be the, yeah. you know, the executive assistant. They could be the, even the entry level person. And now that entry level person is literally the top agent at the company. We started with a lot of young people and we were just nice to everybody. So it just, it all grew very organically. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So even those first few times when you'd meet people, so you said you were very authentic. Yes. You were honest about it being your first year of business. Yes. So and we had a you... lot of rejection as well. Yes, Tell me about we, that. we had a lot of rejection because we also didn't realize that in matchmaking, you have to sell what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And we did not know sales at all. We learned sales organically as well. I've never taken a sales. I've read a few things on sales, but my best sales training has been just having done this. And I don't see it as now a quote unquote sale when you're doing a consultation with somebody because it has to be mutually. When you accept a client to work with as a matchmaker, it's not about the money, even though it is Yes, a little bit about the money. I mean, it's a business, but it's, it's a not. business. Yeah, it is a business. Obviously, we know we have we know we need to sustain, but we also know that we're not going to accept somebody that we don't think we can actually genuinely help. But in that first year, we were getting those clients and it was growing very organically, but we also wanted to grow. Yeah, we were learning a lot about sales, a lot about people, a lot about what works and what doesn't work when you're doing consultations, when you're doing meetings, a lot about that people will just take your time and not pay you anything. And we learned how to put boundaries up with our time and just be very, be very cognizant about that. But though, yeah, those first couple meetings definitely were, you know, we, we, we knew our stuff. I was 21 when we started. I was a baby, you know, and if they would say, well, you're so young, what do you know? Or whatever, we would just say, listen, I've been doing this my whole life. I have couples from high school that are still together. You know, so we would just say that because that's what we knew. And now I can say, now we have marriages and babies. It escalates what you can say and what you lean on in those meetings. But yeah, there definitely is, there's just something that clicks. I think there's something that just clicked with me where I was just like, these people need what we're doing. They they need us. So yeah. yes, in those first moments of writing an email, I remember being like, oh my gosh, like, ah, oh, they're gonna, ah, oh, they're gonna know I'm so young. 
and like, and then it was just like, no, I'm in flow. And then you get in flow, something clicks and you just, that goes away. But there was a window of time when you could have given up before it clicked. You know, you could have said, this is making me really uncomfortable. This is out of my comfort zone. And it would be easier to just not go forward. You know, I think a lot of people are tempted to quit before it clicks or they do quit before it clicks. What kind of things are you holding on to to keep you going until you had that moment where it all made sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that this is kind of where the media portion comes in because we were approached by, we actually met at our pool, at the villa's pool. So if you want a great successful career, move to the villas in, in, you know, the villas in Miracle Mile. But our neighbor was in the entertainment industry. He was like 26, but to us, that was so old. We're like, oh my God, he's an older man, you know? But he somehow had some kind of connection to Ryan Seacrest production. And we we were these like cute little, you know, young girls that were like, yeah, we're matchmakers, we're sisters, we're doing it. We're literally on the ground doing it, running the business. So he brought us to Ryan Seacrest Productions. We were still very much figuring out the business sales and how to make that all happen. But we also had this exciting other project that we were like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Then we got signed with Ryan Seacrest Productions to develop a reality show about that time. So you met someone from Ryan Seacrest Productions at the pool, at the apartment well, complex you're living in. he at. didn't work for them. He had some kind of connection he and made the he introduction. brought us there. Okay. He brought us to RSP. So then we signed with them and then we ended up filming a little sizzle reel with them. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately everyone from that company got fired. So at that time, so we had, there was always these little exciting things that were happening. So we're figuring out the business. It's not going incredibly well, but we have this RSP thing that we can be really excited and fixated Mm. on. And then when that was stalling and it was going for months and months and months and months, and we're like, wait, what's happening? Why is nothing happening? Why, (laughs) why, Why aren't we pitching? What's going on? Why is our contact? He no longer works there. What's happening? But that made us focus on the business. So then Mm. we got the business down pat. So then the business was rising. And then, so when that didn't end up happening. We had gotten this really great advice from a friend. He basically was like, number one, focus on your business. The media stuff will come and go. Focus on your business. It's the cherry on top. And that's always the way that we viewed it. We were never thirsting for media stuff to happen. And then as we grew the business, all the other media stuff happened so organically. But yeah, that first little chug, it's like, it's like rock climbing, you know? And then you kind of, you, use that little rock you use that stepping stone and it's not the top you think it's the top but it's not then you just have to move your foot to another little rock it's just knowing that oh we haven't quite reached that top just yet but oh this is really cool and oh my gosh I'm looking down we're really far up now ah we're far up oh my gosh so it's that it's that progression and it's being like okay that rock it it's gone or like now we're on a new rock So it's these stepping stones Mm. as opposed to like, I'm going to stay on the stone and the stone is shriveling away. It's like, no, move your foot. You're a good girl. Keep moving your foot. Keep moving your foot. Right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. We've got it. Mm. And then 10 years later, you have a team of seven matchmakers, a really incredible company, tons of marriages, babies, all of this, incredible media opportunities, but it's all a progression. I think also a lot of people in LA come and go so quickly and it's really bad it's really detrimental the people that are successful are the ones that stay here and the people that have a focus okay people can be successful in other areas obviously Shout but out to christina in nashville yeah sorry christina you're fine <laughs> i'm here but i'm holding down the fort you know and i'm the one that's getting the opportunity to be on these shows that's not what she wants to do you know what mm-hmm. i mean like christina yeah. my sister now has moved to nashville she's still coo of the company she's still running Runs it with me and is very, very involved, even though she's on maternity leave right now. So this has been probably the busiest two months of my entire life. But that's OK. Love you, Christina. But exactly. It's give and take. So I, you know, I always say bury me in Beverly Hills, but it's all about enjoying.
enjoying. It's like, as the great Miley Cyrus once said, it's the climb. It is all about the climb. It really is. It's enjoying the ride, knowing everything is temporary. Enjoy these moments that Mm. we have. Even though the RSP thing fell through, we had, I mean, I've had so many failures in the media world, but then great successes as well. Not even failures, just things that didn't get picked up. Yeah, and it's so common. I hear a lot from people the first time it happens, they're so upset and outraged and how how could this thing fall through? And they were so close to getting the dream project made and it's just part of the business, you know? So sounds like you learned that really young, honestly. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of a dance of will it happen, won't it happen? That very first project was Ryan Seacrest Productions. Currently, a production company is developing a new show also about your business. It's a reality show that may or may not happen. I think you probably have... You're cautiously optimistic at this point. What are some of those other opportunities and projects that you've seen come and go? Some have gotten picked up, some haven't. Yeah, well, I'll I'll give a win and a loss or a not picked up and and a picked up. I'll give a positive. So... I forget what year at this point, but I was the matchmaker behind two seasons of MTV's Are You The One? And that was really, really fascinating to be a part of that casting process and just to be in it. In For people who haven't seen Are You The One? That's the show where they put everyone in the same house and they try to figure out if there's someone else living there that they could potentially be a romantic partner with. Is that correct? Well, so basically they have a perfect match in the house. And um, they have to figure out who their perfect match is. So my job was to be a part of that selection process of the perfect matches. I mean, we had binders. The binders are massive. There were interviews with their ex-boyfriends, their family members. The process is so intense for that show. But yeah, that was really thrilling and exciting and kind of more behind the scenes, even though it's been great that I'm able to talk about it. But still, even the losses, we, my sister and I filmed this show for E! about athletes dating, professional athletes getting matched. And we did the pilot. We did the pilot episode and it didn't get picked up, but it was in the vein of WAGs. Remember that show that was like really popular back then or back then a couple years ago at this point but it was it was just so much fun we worked with a professional athlete we match made him it was a blast so yeah did it get picked up no but it also helped me feel really comfortable in front of the camera and just that was amazing because then when I was live for so a, an amazing thing that I've done that I had so much fun doing I was the matchmaker and dating expert for this show unfortunately it, it's no, no longer on air but it was on CBS. It was called Face the Truth and Vivica A. Fox was the host of the show. It was kind of like The View, but only a little bit different. They had experts. But yeah, so I I remember then I was sitting there doing my live as the celebrity matchmaker and dating expert on that show. And I remember the first time that I did it, it was with a live studio audience. And I was just like, yeah, I can do this. I was Sharpay Evans in High School Musical for Mala High School. (laughs) I can do this. You know, please, come on. What's I can handle this. But it really helps all those little things that you're like, oh, well, if you're not going to be an actor, don't do it. No, girl, you do that. You build that. Um, And then, yeah, and just having then worked in this industry and knowing what I'm talking about and working with hundreds of men and women over all these years, it just built my confidence so much. And then I was on there so many different times. It was such a blast. We even did live matchmaking for that show. And then you've gone on to do other appearances as well. Obviously, Access Hollywood, the news type stuff. Also, other people's podcasts. You brought us on your own podcast. You had a recent Twitch appearance that has, (laughs) I think, combined millions of views on your clips of that by this point. Oh, my. That Twitch experience was so Fun. Alessandra came on and did an intake that she would have done if she was a matchmaker for Alexandra and Andrea Botez of Botez Live. And that was her first time on Twitch interacting with the chat. <laughs> and I was like, I had no, I didn't, they kept saying Chad because you had warned me. They're like, oh, they're going to talk about the chat. But then they kept saying Chad. I'm like, who is Chad? What is going on? Because they kept on being like, oh, Chad said this. I'm like, oh, is Chad their dad or something like that? But then I was like, oh, Chad. And it makes you, I mean, when you're doing something like that is pure live. With Access Hollywood, I've done live in studio before, which is unlike anything. When you're live Mm. on air, they did that pre-COVID. I don't know if they still do live, but now I usually pre-tape with Access. But Mm. but when I, the first 
appearance that I ever made on Access Hollywood, it was live, but it's also very regimented. So it's like, a, it's, you're on a drug. Like I don't do drugs, but like if, <laughs> if I did, like that's, that's it would be Access Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like doing live TV because you can't mess up. But with the Botez girls, it's like, yeah, they're live, but it's also so conversational. It's yeah. so casual. Yeah, and conversational. Also, I'm just talking about her confusion about chat is about chat, which... Twitch streamers talk to as one monolith when they're talking to people that are responding in comments while they're live streaming. And like Chad had mixed feelings about me, but it's okay. Like, I think, you know, I think any guess. Ultimately, I I showed them a lot of love. As with men in general, I, you know, you just have to give love and then you receive. So I gave, I was like, oh my gosh, Chad, you're just so wonderful. Chad, you're so wonderful, whatever. (laughs) And then they thought, then they were like on board. So I was like, okay, okay. I think we're okay. But yeah, no, I mean, that was a fun, fun experience experience and will you almost work with them again oh it was one of the reality shows that you cannot speak about yet that you had invited them back for but they were in europe filming botez abroad season two honestly if they knew what was happening right now with that i feel like they would have come back just to be on no i mean I know they, <laughs> they have a lot going on but right now that show oh my gosh it's crazy and i could just imagine yeah they would be really fun on it but it's okay for another time and then one other thing you have in the works is is a scripted adaptation about your life and business. I'm sure listeners can already envision what this would look like, a scripted adaptation of moving to LA with your sister, starting a matchmaking company, matchmaking celebrities, and A-list talent. But that's a pilot written by Patrick Leahy, who's been working on that for a while. And honestly, Rebecca, I could even get my new... So my new my new client is somebody that I love with all of my heart and soul. And I he's one of my favorite celebrities of all time. And I will find him his wife. Like if it is the last thing that I do, I will get that man married. And when I do, I feel like he would love this. You know, I, I, uh, I try. This is the thing. I try not to mix. We're very strict about not mixing business with media opportunities and stuff because especially with celebrity clients or anybody in the in the entertainment industry if I'm their matchmaker I'm not there to pitch a show to them you know what I mean yeah but I feel like you would really like this one but I sound I'm like I'm like totally going against what I'm saying just because it's so in his vein but anyway I mean I, but he could even write about his experience he can make it about him because it's fascinating what he's experiencing and mm. even being matched with other celebrity women it's just crazy it's a yeah. wild wild ride so I was just talking about a, a new client she just signed that she's yes. very excited about who's an A-list actor yeah and I love him so. I just want to get him I want to get him in love. I want him in love. And then maybe have an episode on your scripted show and that eventually takes off. So I do want to talk about the first agent that you signed with because you and Christina, your sister, are currently represented by Gersh, correct? Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Well, it's so funny because, again, all of our connections have been because of the people that we know and the people that we've met in person. Any of our big things that have happened have been people that we met. Also, I will say, I mean, in more recent, it hasn't been hyper, hyper local. Our reach just as we've gotten a little bigger, we do have people that reach out from news organizations and stuff like that. So not only people that we met, but definitely in those early days. And this was even before social media was really huge. It was just beginning like Instagram was a thing, but it wasn't huge like it is now. But we were then after the RSP thing fell through, we were then bombarded with other production companies that wanted to do a show about us because the people from RSP dispersed and then their production companies were then reaching out to us to do a show. We had all these different offers from these different production companies that wanted to make a show and we were just feeling overwhelmed. So I went to St. Monica's. I That was when I started going to St. Monica's and... It's a Catholic church in Santa Monica that Alessandra attends. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Rebecca. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to lean into my faith and get involved also because the people... Listen, the Hollywood crowd are wonderful, but it's really important to have really value-based friendships. And I'm not saying that anyone you meet out in Hollywood is not a wonderful person, but at that point we were meeting friends at the pool sunbathing and literally at the club in the bathroom. Like that was where I was meeting my girlfriends. At the W Jazz Night, I met girls in the bathroom and then we became friends. So I was like, okay, uh, I don't know how fulfilled I'm feeling. So that's why I then 
then leaned into my community. I'm Catholic. And we tried a few different places. And then I ended up going to St. Monica's. Christina didn't. Christina went for like a second, but I started getting just more involved in volunteering and the young adult group there. And I met one of my friends was a former attorney. He's not anymore. Went to Pepperdine. And I just was sharing with him in a small group about what I was dealing with, with all these, all these production companies. And I was so excited, but I didn't want to let one person down. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what horrible problems I had. But I was just sharing that. And he was like, hey, listen, it kind of sounds to me like you need an agent. It sounds to me like that would be really helpful for you. And I was like, absolutely. So then he said, listen, a girl I went to college with, she's a huge reality agent at Gersh. I can connect you guys. So that's how we then got connected with Laura McDonald. And she's been our agent for years. We don't really do much with her. She's more just there if something comes up. And, and we're she can like, negotiate on your behalf. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, hey, Laura, this popped up. Can you just take a look at this contract? Make sure we're not signing our life away. And usually we are. And there's not really much negotiation that can happen. Yeah, she's just kind of there just in case. You so know. have you said no to projects because they're asking for too much? We have turned a few things down. Yeah, we've turned a few things down that just didn't align. Mm. We just, they didn't align. Our brand is really important to us. Our image and likeness is very important to us. So yeah, if something is really just not aligned with that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Two months ago, I had this huge company reach out and they were a sugar daddy website formerly and they they're trying to re-up their image and they wanted to hire me as a matchmaker. And they were basically like, name your price, let us know. And my rate is 50000 Personally, to work with me, that's what I charge my celebrity clients. Minimum, it goes up now because now that my plate is more full, it's just time-wise. And is that for, for people that are completely unfamiliar with matchmaking, what is included in that fee? Yeah, well, that's me personally. For matchmakers in the city, we begin at 10000 but we also have memberships beginning at $100 just to be a part of the database. So mm-hmm. that's like eligible to be matched with one of our clients. And then priority memberships begin at 10,000. They go all the way up to 50. But then if they want to work, I run a team of matchmakers. So I'm one of seven. And I do work on the memberships of the other clients that we're working with at matchmakers in the city. But I do have clients that when it's a celebrity, when they reach out and they only want to work with me, amazing. Or if it's not even a celebrity, I get a lot of businessmen. I get a lot of moguls that are amazing. I love and I have to like them because I have to like them. I have to love them. I have to know that I can help them and want to talk to them because otherwise it's just not worth it. It's not worth your mental sanity. But yeah, but with this company that I reached out, they were basically like, name your price. So it was this huge moral dilemma for me because I was like, oh my gosh, what if I, I could get, you know, I could give them a minimum of clients at my rate. But then I realized morally and just company wise, it wasn't the right alignment. It just wouldn't, that would be horrible for my image. You know what I mean? As a celebrity matchmaker, yes, they're recalibrating their image, but it's still a sugar baby site. And and what's so funny about that is I think the clip with Andre and Alexandra Botez that is the most watched on YouTube is Andre making a joke when you said, what's your type? And she said, oh, I, you know, I like them very rich and near death. And she's kidding, obviously. But you responded, oh, I'm sorry. We don't do that here. Yeah, we don't do that here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know. It's funny. It's because there is morally in Hollywood and in business, there are always going to be opportunities that are very, we've built our career incrementally. It hasn't been an overnight. We were not an overnight success. We work really hard. Everything that we have, everything that we've built, we've worked incredibly hard for. So that's why when you see something like that, that seems like, oh my gosh, well, if you do a minimum of 15 clients at 50K, you know, oh my God, like I'm good. You know, I'm I'm set for the year and then it's not. But then, It's turning down a lot of money to yeah, preserve your values. But yeah. you have to. And then the next day was when I got my favorite celebrity of all time that hired me. Wow. And then... Literally a week later, I got the other TV show that is my favorite show of all time. Mm. So I have to believe that when we turn things down like that, that just feel so incredibly tempting, but are not aligned. God is going to give you like whatever you believe in. Something is going to Come your way, that's the right fit. Yeah, that's just so incredible and beautiful and aligned and all of that. So... Yeah, that's amazing. I'm sure that's very, very relatable 
to people, trying to work on projects that you feel passionate about and reflect your values and certainly don't compromise your values. And also, I think for anyone in the entertainment industry, I think we've lucked out because our business is profitable. It's it's a wonderful business. We have an incredible business. If I was just relying on my media appearances to be making money, I no, that's not you do not make money in that. So my advice for people who are wanting to do something creative or in this vein is to not put so much pressure on that element of things and it's okay to have a business and it's okay to have a survival job. You know, not that, I mean, this is my career. So I I really, really hit the jackpot with what I do. I know I did. I am so incredibly grateful. I'm very, very grateful for that. But I read a book, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote it. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. It was one of her latest books. And basically she was talking about how to not put so much pressure on your talent. Big magic. Big magic. Yes. I love that book. I absolutely love that book. So I think it's a good one for creatives to read. But yeah. What was the takeaway that you found the most useful? I've just found that being okay with that, say you're a singer, you're maybe not going to make a ton of money in that immediately. It's okay to utilize your other talents and make money in that way. So that's okay. In the media world, it's my personality. That's great. You know, that element of things. But if I was only striving for that and only relying on that, I know you can't survive. But if you're doing what I really am doing with my business and our company, that's where a majority of my attention is. And then all of this other stuff is so easy and wonderful and cherry on top. So it's Mm. like focus on the business and then these other things will come. That's how it's happened for me. I think that's also probably applicable to creative careers in that you want to focus on the goods. And we talked about this a little bit in the first episode of this podcast with Brian Tang, who said the work should speak for itself more than whatever you're dressing yourself up as. That sounds like the advice you were given too, where the media things might be important, especially for someone who's more media facing is their primary source of income. But you actually have to have the goods to back it up. hundred percent. So hundred percent. Because if you don't if you don't know what you're talking about, my latest thing that I did, I was put to the test. It was not a walk in the park and I had to be on it. I had to know exactly what to say. Mm -hmm. The only reason I knew what to say and how to deal with that person was because I've been doing this for 10 years and I've worked with so many different people and I was just ready. I knew I've dealt with every personality type. I figured it out. I was like, okay, all right, this is a challenge. Rome wasn't built in a day. Rome was not built in a day. And you know, people just need to remember that and just enjoy the ride. Truly enjoy the climb. It's it's about the climb. It is because if you want to succeed, you're going to succeed. If you work really hard and follow your flow and you're doing things, you know, you're passionate and you're you know, you're you're putting in effort, you're going to have a lot of different wonderful breaks. You're going to you're just going to. So you may as well enjoy Mm -hmm. enjoy the journey. Has that ever been a struggle for you? Or have there been moments where you're focusing on, oh, but I need this thing next. I need to hit this metric. I want to hit this amount of money. And it's hard to focus on enjoying the moment. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely. I think that with business, we've been really, really blessed. Um, So less business wise and more just personal wise. Did you get through those moments by reminding yourself what you're saying now? I know you're very big on affirmations. I'm very big on affirmations. And yeah, I mean, I think that community is so important and also just being your biggest cheerleader. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. And sometimes it's it's hard and sometimes, you know, you're going to have self-doubt, but it is about building that every single day. And every morning I wake up and I immediately put on a meditation video, like a YouTube video of positive affirmation, self-love, all of that. When you look in the mirror, just being like, oh my gosh, girl, you look so good today. And also just surrounding yourself. I have a women's group. We meet every Tuesday. If you were in town more, Rebecca, you'd be, I mean, I would love (laughs) to have you, like you'd be a great member of it, but we meet every Tuesday. And that for me has been, it's just been incredible to have a 
community of women that is very supportive of each other and we're affirming each other. We have a moment after we share where it's like, do you want a compassionate friend or a hype friend? And we give that to each other. We give each other compassion and hype. And then also being a well-rounded person, work-life balance has to be there. At 6 p.m., I'm done. I am done working. And then I go out. I go out on dates. In my relationship, I'm all about romance. I'm all about fabulous places. I'm all about pampering my partner. I'm all about him pampering me and experiencing being in that moment. And I've also always turned down. Like there was a TV show that was filming on the same day as my sister's bridal shower or something like that. It would have been a huge opportunity back then for me. But no, absolutely not. It was my sister's bridal shower. So I turned it down. For me, I know my values. It's my my family, my friends, number one, my business, of course, of course. But and then, you know, what's right, what's wrong? You know, those are really important. So just following that compass and also community. Community is so essential. The reason I have success is because of the beautiful LA community, the amazing people in Hollywood, in Beverly Hills, the lovely people. Mm -hmm. There are such good people in the entertainment industry. There are. So you've met people through work and then also through your faith community. But the women's group is something that you founded, right? So even when you had a need for community and it wasn't immediately available, you went out and built it. Yeah, I was literally in a women's Facebook group and I was like, girls, I was going through it. I was going through a really bad breakup. And I was like, ladies, I'm going through it right now. And I was doing all this work on myself, just trying to do it all by myself. And I I was making some progress, but it was really hard because I think especially in what I found in my church community, which I love them, but I also found that it's almost like the goal is to show how perfect you are as opposed to be like, hey, I'm really struggling with this and I need somebody to walk with me through this. And it's not all church communities are like that, but I had that experience in that moment where I needed just to be real and just to be like, hey guys, I'm going through it. I need support. So yeah, I wrote it on a Facebook group and I invited them. I have this beautiful sunken living room where I live and it's just, it's, it's lovely. And so they all come by every single Tuesday. We do a different topic that we talk about. It's psychology, but it's also just like last week we drew our future, our ideal futures Mm. and what we want, you know, the week before we did something about, oh, we love bombed each other. That was my, I love that because I love love bombing. Um, (laughs) In, in female friendships, not in. Yeah. in And I, I like it in romantic relationships as well, which is like, I know you're not supposed to like that, but I'm all about consistently love bombing my partner. I literally love bomb my boyfriend all the time. He gets love bombed every day. Like, I'm sorry. It's just. Is it love bombing if it's consistent though? <laughs> I know. I don't think so. I don't know what the term is. It's just like, I give a lot of affirmation. He gives it back. Yeah. And I need that. I love that. I need that in a partnership. I knew, I know that. I love words of affirmation. And I love all the love languages. So yeah, but yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're getting that from your from your female <laughs> friends mean, as well. Yeah, Beautiful yeah. community that you are building and in LA. And spoiling yourself as well is incredibly important. Whatever your thing is, for me, it's massages. I love getting massages. I make it a priority and I go and I love fabulous places. Taking time to prioritize things to make you happy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I want to get into our last segment, which is the time capsule segment. So this is to preserve this moment in time, which I'm so excited that there's some information that you can't release yet because you're going to be able to look back at this when the show is released and everyone is receiving it so wonderfully. Hopefully they will. Oh yes. I have no doubt. And you'll be able to remember this time and also years into the future. So I want to start with the past. Yeah. And I know you're so self-reflective. You're constantly figuring out what advice you'd give to the next person. What advice would you give to yourself 10 years ago? 10 years ago, I would just tell my adorable little self, girl, (laughs) enjoy. Enjoy. Be the biggest version of yourself. Know that your future is going to be so exciting. There's so much. The best is yet to come, honey. So just enjoy these moments and also don't get so. I know you think that all of these boys are meant that you're because, you know, I get fixated on these boys that I dated in the past. Girl, you're going to be just fine. They that he is not your husband. He is not your future husband. Okay. And but also (laughs) company wise, everything is going to be wonderful with the company and just enjoy and you're going to get rejections, but you're also going to have these beautiful experiences. And it's all about being in the moment and being true to yourself and having fun. Follow the fun. Follow the fun. 
w- would that advice change if you were talking to yourself five years ago? Um, Maybe not change, but there'd be would there be any additional modifiers now? Yeah, I would be like, hey, so you're about to meet somebody. Don't stay in that relationship. <laughs> oh, God. Get out, girl. <laughs> Get out. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, Lord. Um, no, I mean, yeah, that's real. Like, that's, 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 that's truly, if that's what I'm going to tell me, I'm like, hey, girl, like, do not just break up with him. It's totally fine. Do not feel bad about it. Um, but yeah, I would just, I would say I, it would be very similar in that vein, in that vein. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mine are all very personal, Rebecca. It's so funny. Because you just, you have to be happy personally, like, you know. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so moving on to the present, Mm -hmm. what is the current food or drink item that you are currently obsessed with? The current food or drink item, I, so every week I have a cheat day and it's Monday. Every Monday I have a cheat day and I have Panda Express. I have, well, I have a pizza from Amiki Pizza. I usually finish the whole thing or I'll leave like a piece. It's a medium sized pizza and I don't have cheese. So I rip the cheese off and then I'm like such a, I love junk food. And then I have that and then I have Panda Express for my dinner. And then I have a Trader Joe's there's a brookie and it's half cookie and half brownie and I am obsessed with the brookies I have to throw them out for the rest of the week because otherwise I can't I can't look at them or know that they're in the house because I will continue to eat them so that is yeah that's my weekly obsession what is the best film that you've seen in the last year the best film that I've seen in the last year Ooh, that's really tough. I feel like it should be a throwback film because, oh my gosh, what have I really enjoyed? I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to play it safe and say Clueless, you know? What? You saw that in the last year? I mean, I I, I rewatched it for the 400,000th time. Okay. Well, so, five, but I, five years from now, that won't be different. It'll just be the 500. <laughs> thousands i know just i'm not really into any major movie. okay yeah. better question then for you what is the best reality show that you have seen in the last and i'll say three years because netflix has come out with a lot especially yeah. dating wise yeah well i will say oh my god white lotus i'm obsessed with it's not reality but i was okay. obsessed with white lotus and i'm watching right now money heist which is oh my gosh it's incredible have you seen money heist not yet. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It, it was huge in Europe. It was huge. It's so good. I watch it every night before I go to bed. <laughs> reality show, dating reality show. Oh my gosh. We don't have to say reality show. We can say, you know, what was the best TV show? Yeah. White Lotus, I think. Yeah. Second season, White Lotus in Sicily. <laughs> Perfect. And what is the current fashion item that you are most obsessed with? I'm literally wearing it. So I'm wearing, I have this black kind of skims onesie and it's just amazing because I can throw a blazer on it and I can throw a blazer on it and it will be work appropriate. And I can also just wear sneakers or little Uggs and have it be casual. So I love it. It's versatile. Super versatile. And then I have these sock boots. I have them in two different colors and I'm obsessed with them as We're well. We're going to post a photo of Alessandra on the Instagram at No Set Path Show when this comes out so you can see what she's talking about. But she looks very fabulous. Thank you. And it's her... so comfortable. Yeah. Like I'm not wearing a bra. Like I'm sorry. That's oh my gosh. That's TMI. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. But it's so good because they <laughs> suck. It sucks you in so you don't have to. <laughs> community (laughs) sorry i'm so tmi okay so now we're going to the future section the year is 2028 okay who is starring in the biggest rom-com 2028 who's starring in the biggest rom-com oh no let's say the botez sisters oh yeah let's give it to them yeah they're starring they're starring in a rom-com. They're starring in a rom-com. Let's give it to them. There might be a, a documentary because they do not. They are self-proclaimed not actresses, but they might. They might go to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around LA long enough. Yeah. Okay. Five years from now, what topic do you think that you will be asked to discuss regularly on a weekly segment? Is it Giselle and Tom oh working it out? 
I know that's what they always ask me. What topic will definitely matchmaking, definitely celebrities. Details though. What do you think? What's going to be the hot thing? In, in five years, you yeah. said? In five years, I think the hot thing will be like robot love. Like, <laughs> is it like AI? You know, should you be with somebody that's an artificial intelligence? Like the movie Her. Yeah. Yeah. Today, you know. And your take is going to be... I'm like, no. Yes, because some men need a robot. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. like, your whole place, so here's a robot. That's perfect. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'll be like, oh, no, it's, you know, personal, blah, blah, blah. I think that will be it. Okay. That will probably be it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Leave a voice note for yourself. I know, I know you're very big on I voice, notes. voice notes. It's all I do. <laughs> Instead of texting. So you can leave a voice note for Alessandra in five years. Okay. Hey, beautiful. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) Girl, I'm so excited for you. You are just living your best life and enjoy it all. And just saying hi to you from five years ago. Big things, exciting things are happening. And I just hope that you're happy and at peace. And that's all that matters. If you're happy, at peace, and make sure do not skip the Botox appointments and do not feel ashamed about the filler. You know, in five years, you'll need it. So I hope that you're doing all of it. (laughs) But I love you and I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I props on the authenticity as usual. Alessandra. Like, girl, do not skip those Botox appointments. <laughs> okay. Like, just whatever somebody tells you, go for it. Um, <laughs> okay, so if listeners want to connect with you online, where can they find you? That's so funny. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> yes, they can find. So just go to we're, we. I even though I do work with celebrities and all of that, we do work with just normal working professionals, and we love we love it. That's the majority of our business is with not a majority, but a lot of our members are just successful professionals. So if looking you want to get love. match made by mm-hmm. matchmakers in the city, yeah. Alessandra Conti, yeah. ha- have her find the perfect person for you based on your preferences, you yes. can go to. Go to matchmakersinthecity.com. You can connect with me on Instagram at matchmaker Alessandra Conti. A-L-E-S-S-A-N. And then it will just pop up. Amazing. Awesome. Well, Alessandra, thank you so much for having me out today in beautiful Beverly Hills. I cannot wait for your upcoming shows to be released so we can celebrate that news for you. And looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Here is a recap of some takeaways from my conversation with Alessandra. One, when talking about others, it's important to balance objectivity with positivity. Two, to combat imposter syndrome, lean on your authenticity and remind yourself of your talent. Three, be kind to everyone around you. Today's assistant is tomorrow's top executive or agent. Four, Opportunities for exposure will come and go, so number one, focus on the work. Five, when you turn down things that are tempting but not aligned with your values, you leave room for the right things to come your way. Six, it's okay to have a survival job or use your talents to make money while you are building your skills and cultivating your passion. Seven, you have to be your biggest cheerleader. Eight, community and work-life balance are as essential as hard work to success. And nine, it's important to enjoy the journey. As the great Miley Cyrus once said, it's the climb. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Set Path. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate it and share it with a friend, especially if you can think of someone who might benefit from the knowledge that was shared here today. You can keep up with the podcast on all social platforms at No Set Path Show or on the website at www.nosetpathshow.com. Thanks so much for being part of this community and we'll talk to you soon.